You are listening to Noise Extra. It is just me, Mike, here with a little introduction on today's episode. We are putting up an episode that was originally released on the Noise Extra Patreon as we have some unwellness going around in the Noise Extra gang. So we had a different episode planned for this week, which will come out next week. A very cool interview and album overview that will come out next week. So thought it would be a cool episode to put up for the general public. It's something we don't do too often on Noise Extra, that being talk about our own projects. And this is something that we do a little more over on the Patreon once in a while. And this seven inch was something that was a special one for myself and Tara was part of this whole getting the seven inch together. You'll hear the whole story on the episode. So it's a background on the entire package production, the story of having to go pick up the seven inch overnight driving, etc. So just a full background and story on the entire hair police mortuary servant seven inch. And like I said, it's not something we normally do talk about our own projects too often. But if this is something that everyone enjoys, maybe once in a while we'll dip into one or two of our own releases or related releases and discuss them in depth. But something about the Mortuary Servant 7-inch and the story behind it felt appropriate for a, a look at in its entirety. So this is also just what we got going on over on the Patreon for anyone who hasn't popped over there and checked it out yet. Every Sunday we have a seven inch episode. We have various series between grace Trashware series, mine and Tara's home time and noise rumble. So a lot of stuff going on over there, not to mention the extra segment on every regular episode. You get 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes of extra stuff from each regular episode if you are a patron. So lots of stuff going on on the Noise Extra Patreon. So check it out. And here's a little example of what we have going on over there. I have to give a shout out, of course, to the Hair Police Boys, Trevor, Robert, and Matt. So enjoy this look at the hair police mortuary servants seven inch and we'll be back next week with a very cool interview and album discussion as well as week in and week out with plenty of cool stuff getting lined up for this year so looking at a pretty cool year for noise extra and without further ado hair police mortuary servants seven inch episode all right, welcome to Seven Inch Sunday. Accept your welcome, and I welcome all of you wonderful listeners and people of Patreon. Thank you for being here and joining us today. Absolutely, it is just myself and Tara today, and we thought it'd be cool to discuss a record that we were both involved in, that being the Hair Police Mortuary Servant Seven Inch. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like discussing a record that 
neither of us were involved with because it came out in 2003. Exactly. And we're <laughs> mostly, I, you know, it's not, we don't review our own no, uh, yeah, our this own is recording. No, yeah, so means a review. Re- but yeah. Really, I, we thought it'd be cool just to give a background and history about this seven inch. Yeah, and I, and I just want to say right off the bat, I'm I am biased towards Hair Police because I have always loved watching Hair Police perform. Um, it it's such an unusual project because the members are have an incredibly different approach to making sound, and so I always enjoyed watching them come together. But somehow it came out as this you know cohesive project, like like Trevor's like wild percussion, and then the other things he did with such energy were so interesting. And you know you may not know that Trevor is an extremely gifted musician who can play just about anything. I feel he everyone knows that at this point. I, they have to know it. Like I feel he's, that's he's, very well he's, known. He's phenomenal, right? And so, of course, Robert is like not only a, an amazing visual artist, but his electronics are just, you know, next level out there and and come from just such a Robert Beatty place. And then my man, Mike Connolly over here uh, was always just this explosive force of energy and just felt like he had like, um, you know, the voice of a mangled, just like a uh, decomposing corpse in his throat as he was going out. And, you know, I was always in awe and it always it worried me a little bit, but not too much uh, at his willingness to just throw himself into danger um, and just complete lack of regard for his own physical safety and bodily safety while performing. And I think that maybe afterwards he would realize what he did. Um, and, but while performing, it's like you were in a trance, Mike, I'm looking at you now, I'm talking to you now and you wouldn't even realize until afterwards how, um, off the rails, bongo nutso. You yeah. When, we, when the adrenaline's going, yeah, it's like wrestling. When the adrenaline's going, nothing hurts. And when the adrenaline's done, <laughs> when it's done, you have a in. gaping hole in your shin but, and oh, your bone is exposed. You know, it happens. I but- love it, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm here for it. And that's one of the things I love about Hair Police. And I will forever enjoy watching Hair Police perform. So you didn't know I was going to say all this, but guess what? I said it. And there it is. <laughs> ha! And I'm not in the band, so I can say it. Well. I'm totally impartial. Well, true, <laughs> but you are a part of the 7-inch. So just a background on how the 7-inch even came to be. So, yes, this is this. Mordrey Servant 7-inch came out in 2003 and we had already done a tape History of Ghost Dad and then the CD Blow Out Your Blood mm-hmm. and we really wanted to do a 7-inch. We loved 7-inches especially at the time still oh, do yeah. obviously. Just sitting on the floor all the time like sifting through 7-inches. Yeah. And just remember and, the days. And we just thought. I Unlike remember, now. <laughs> I remember thinking that it, doing a 7-inch was a sign of a proper band of a proper yeah, project made everything real a CD, a tape, yeah. seven inch. And then, and then eventually an LP, which that would come later. But we also were operating under the old school mentality of you do the, well, I guess, I mean, I guess blow your boat is the CD, but you, we did it. We wanted to do a seven inch before a, before a LP. Yes. Before, before a proper LP, yes. we want to do the seven inch. There you do stages the single. that you had to do. Yeah. You do this yeah. single, but you also treat it like an EP. And I, do, yeah. and I felt we felt it was really important to for this to 
feel like it's a standalone release, like its own release, like mm-hmm. a EP, the way the best seven inches feel. And we knew we had a tour coming up. So we, again, our whole thing was you got to have the thing for the tour, right? The seven inch for the 100%. tour. So we knew we wanted to do a seven inch. And by the looks of the liner notes here that we did record it in November of 2002 and the, the tour was spring of 2003. So, so we, I would say we knew we were going to do the tour in the spring because yeah, we would have done that. We would was have that known that. Was that your first tour? No, 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 no. We'd already done. In... We'd already done the big U.S. tour. This was a small week long tour that we do with oh, Mono Track. That's right. That was the the six weeker. Yeah, and I th- and... I want and and Burning Starcore mm-hmm. and Burning Starcore. Yeah. So we that would this was just a week tour, but we again we we're like you got to have the you got to have the new thing. record for it. So this would have been recorded. Yeah, like it says here, November of two thousand two, and this is when we were recording and practicing in Roberts family farm barn. So he, yes. he lived on this farmland and, and had, there was this barn way off from the house. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, we, we would go walk really far, you know, you, we'd go there and yeah, it's a barn. Generally I would. Yeah. I think Trevor was in Lexington at the time we made. Yeah. Trevor and I lived, we were living together, I think at this time or no, Yes. No, you were, you know, you were, we were living together. You and I were and living Trevor together. And Trevor lived above us. At one point. There was some, yeah. At one point, it was kind of like me and Mike living in one room, Trevor in one. And, and a couple other go, friends. We, and we'd like we, go we, back we to a, our house. Then Trevor moved upstairs. So, you know, we really, actually, there was a great decision for Trevor to move upstairs because we didn't know that the upstairs apartments in that building, there were four units, were so much nicer than the downstairs apartments. <laughs> And then Trevor moved upstairs and we were like, God damn it. Like they're really nice. They had like yeah. wood floors. Yeah. You could raise your arms so in the shower. I, but you you and I you were we were definitely living together in the place in Lexington. Anyway, yeah. it's it's a bit of a blur. But anyway, Who knows? Trevor and I would would drive out to the farm because it was a little outside of Lexington. You'd we'd meet Robert and then we'd walk all the way back to the barn. We may have driven our stuff back there. Either way, we had it set up there, but it was this, it was our little zone and it was amazing. I mean, yeah. it was an actual barn. It smelled terrible. And a lot of places we recorded and practiced smelled terrible. There was a point yeah. where we were practicing in a basement that just only smelled like cat piss forever. This was a barn. I would rather have barn smell than cat piss smell. There was probably like, some cat I piss like in barn it. smell, like with the hay and sometimes like I the corn. Wasn't, and the, and then I the, like, wouldn't say it was. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's I, I don't know, I cow piss over cat piss, yeah. I guess. So, the, and, and it was in November. I remember being really cold when we recorded it. And I just remember having the idea, especially for the song Mortuary Servants, it was a song that we had worked on and had the idea for. And then, so. We, I don't, we, we always recorded pretty without, with very few takes. A lot of times it would be the first take that would be what was on the album. That Obedience Cuts is like that. A lot of those tracks mm-hmm. are, it was, we yeah. came up with the song, we recorded it, and that but was. But you it. knew what you were going to play. You yeah. had it mapped out, you had the sounds. Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. and sometimes not, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't recall how many takes we did of this, but it would have been pretty much what did you record it on so we were oh that's right the four track well we would we were we would record on four track and as well as a digital eight track Mm -hmm. and so i don't necessarily remember what was used for this one 
but probably the digital eight track. And then, but also what we would do is we would record, we would do it the like the guitar and electronics and vocals and then and then that those would be on their own tracks and then do a separate thing with the drums so you could get more yeah. but we were just making it up as we went along i mean part some of it was also done no, and then then we would maybe dump every then we would mix it on a computer sometimes mm-hmm. yeah, it was all we we it was, so was ragtag well i remember we were one of our first Christmases, I got you, was it a four track or a mixer? Yeah, four track. And I didn't know what the hell it was. I just knew that you had talked about wanting yeah. one. And I, I just kind of like wrote notes down and I was like, I would like a four track, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what it does, but we need one. So let's go get one. <laughs> but either way, it was, we were just making it up as we went along. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. we were making it up as we went along. And and so this was now down to the three of us with with this seven inch. Minter is on the B side, mm-hmm. but wasn't, is not on the A side. So this is when, when it became a trio. Yeah. Yeah. Matt was in the, the initial stuff and, you know, the, he's on yes. Blood Your Blood. He was on our first yeah. tour and then, and then, uh, very amicable. Obviously, he's still a great friend to this yes, day. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, there was no, there was never an issue. It was just he, you know, was wanting to do other things and, hey, good, great. Yeah. He's done amazing. And he things. has done other things and it's great. So, so recorded the, the B side was supposed to be more of a weird, more of a noise track and it ends up being, and then there's going to be, more to it as it goes on and then we also knew we wanted to do full color covers and that's something that the the blood your blood is full color this is full color the obedience cut cd is gonna be full color it was just we wanted to we We had access to a printer that did it and so we did it exactly and so we didn't want we, we we weren't like trying to do it paste on at that time we wanted it to look it was a this is a real I love cover. the way it looks, though. I still love the way it looks. I do, too. And one of the things that's so great about it is the cover picture. So <laughs> With Tara D. The, and that is funny because you are credited. This is obviously. I was still Tara D. Yeah, we got we we got married later in the year, but you were. It says model Tara D, which is really funny. But it is a picture of you throwing up outside. And this would be outside Irene Moon's house. Yeah, outside of Charles Mansion. So. Or Club Seal. Do you want to talk at all about why we even were able to get oh, a picture that. of you throwing up? Okay, yes. It's and something we've never really talked about. I mean, well, people who know, who, know yeah, us do associate know about me. this. But. And it is funny because when I was talking to Irene again after a long time, she was like, I think about you whenever I throw up or somebody throws up. And I'm like, yeah, I forget that was such a big part. So when Mike and I have been together since the year 2000 and, and in 2001, we hadn't been together long. Um something happened to my immune system. I had this crazy reaction and my stomach died. And so I I couldn't hold much food in my stomach. So if I ate basically any quantity of anything larger than my fist, it just came back out. Picture like a, a water balloon that you fill up with water, but you can't pinch the top. That's what my stomach was like for about seven years. A long time. At- oh, excuse Woo. me. <laughs> oh, it's you coughing now, which is which was a long time, and we didn't know what it was dill for a long time. Got caught in my oh throat. my god, yes, yeah, still pickle almonds—they're so delicious. I love them. Um, but but so you know, I, I was trying to live with this for a long time, and and it was this thing where if you're a 20 year old or 21, 23 year old, whatever, like it's really really easy to consume enough liquid that it's just going to come out. Yeah. So if we were at a party or something, and if I had two beers. 
I would have to stand on the porch because it's coming back out sooner or later. Well, and also the way it came out was It's not so like throwing un- up. Yeah. yeah. You have never seen anything like it before since you basically just opened your mouth and it came out. There was no heaving. No. There, yeah. you, you could. It was just like. And it's intact. So like, you know, I remember the first time it happened. Um, you know, I, I was sitting on the couch and I, and I just drank like water or something, who knows? And then all of a sudden it's just coming out of my mouth. And I was like, well, that's, that's weird, you know? And so it took me a while to like learn how to, you know, eat and deal with it and get nutrition. And, you know, it was, it was a whole like health event. So once I learned how to control it and my weight was stable, then it became hilarious and fun. I mean, this is still when it was not necessarily stable. It was just, yeah. So I couldn't predict it. Yeah. So I have a, I know that I was drinking whiskey that night. So I think that's a whiskey and cheese, but we knew it was going to (laughs) happen. And so our friend Ben, who is credited as the, with the front cover photo. Yeah. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. So we're like, dude, and I think I can't remember if he just had a camera on him or however we knew. Yes. He's like, dude, come here, come here, take a picture. And so, and of course, I wore elbow length gloves with which I, and then I cut the great. fingers off. But and I didn't want to take my bracelets off, so I would slide the gloves under the bracelets. But um, yeah, eventually, when I had hand surgery, I had to cut those bracelets off. So. <laughs> This we captured her in the moment doing what she did very naturally for many, (laughs) many, you know, we again, again, we can laugh about it now. But, you know, there was definitely it was, you know, at the time moments, but certainly. But yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I guess people associated it with me because I did paintings with vomit in art school. So, yeah, I did sculptures. Um I remember one that made my professor dry heave. Um, I, I, one of our friends, I, you know, made her out of plaster, but put her face on the stomach. And then I, the professor explicitly knew about my condition and said, you cannot use real vomit. I will vomit if I see it because I mixed it with epoxy and then it would harden or I covered it with epoxy. So I used fake vomit, which you know is worse, Mike. I mixed like Franken beans and like yeah, yeah. cut fruit and like I let nerds dissolve in yogurt and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it was far worse than the actual kind of tame, chewed up food vomit. Uh, so, yes, I did make him dry heave and he had to go to the back. Get an A. When you did, you did actual paintings with real. Yeah, with actual well. vomit. Yeah. yeah. So it was. And they survived many years without exploding. Eventually, 20 years. Yeah. Exploded. But so the, it was a it was a big and it was just known among our whole crew that mm-hmm. it was just a part of it. And it, and it really was, you know, it, it really was just this exciting time of just that explosive energy from all of us. Yeah. Everybody time. was excited and like. And it, Charles Man, did Irene's play? No, that wasn't Charles Man. It was, that was Club, Club Seal. Seal. Yeah. So like everybody, you know, was so excited to like make something and do something and support each other and watch different of, types of bands. And there was a lot of good energy, and there was just a lot of good noise energy at that time. Yeah, everybody was just ready to like see see what they could do. Yeah, you know, it was, it was great, and so we knew we wanted that to be the cover, and I really like the font. It's funny because. We, there's so many different fonts on this. So and, many, but they're great. And Hair I think Police is good. written in so many different fonts. I, I wish we would have used the purple Hair Police is on the cover more. We never used that ever I really again. like that. It we looks used, like magic. And you used, did that one, right? No, no, no. No, that's Robert? Robert, yeah. yeah. We used the Hair Police that's on the inside a lot. That we used yes. multiple times. But I do wish we would have used that purple more. I think it... I. 
think, hey, we could we could still make make something cool with it, make a cool shirt of that or something. But that's a, I think that's a great, and I love the purple. I just like the colors. The I colors think. are so good. The bushes, it's that um, yeah. arbor vitae. I think is that type of bush, and yeah. it's I always love those. We had some in our backyard in Michigan, and I was forever like, oh, they're so cool. Like they're just so bright green. Uh, they look great. And then the back cover with that gorgeous green. Yeah, from a weird record that we just straight up just used as the thing. And then Robert yeah. did the weird writing. And and yeah, and this is on Gods of Tundra and Freedom From, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we worked with a lot. And then the inside, you know, I think it, <laughs> you know, we we do, we would do writing. This is all Trevor's writing. The, the the inside words yeah but then it, i love the way the layout and again robert did the layout you know very much like some of those fluxus posters the layout looks so good and i love the weird like the lines where it looks like it was copied and yeah. stretched yeah because it's and it was it was done naturally like, it, it, wasn't it looks done, like yeah, that i mean yeah. it's so i love the design on the seven inch i really do i mean you know robert's a super famous designer of <laughs> albums now Absolutely. so that stands to reason that this looks so, good as hell you know we really worked on the cover we just really we liked the idea of doing the full color outer the black and white on the inside and then you know even the color labels so it was again it just thinking back on it now it was just we just knew we had to do a seven inch you just you got to do a seven inch and right, yeah, I mean, we yeah. got to have it out for our march tour so, and I would have known, we would have known when that tour would have been in November because it was during my, I can't remember if Trevor was in school then too, but it was, it was during spring break. So we knew, and it oh, that's knew right. that yes. it was going to be, tours. so whatever yeah. the week was, yeah. we knew, I knew that that week was spring mm-hmm. break at the beginning of the school year. So yes. we'd already planned that, right? So we sent it off to United and, which was in Tennessee, which, which were, I like. Don't know when we would have sent off. Probably if we record, I mean, probably we sent off in November or December. But with what the hopeful, we were going to get it with plenty of time before the tour. One hundred percent. We did yeah. five hundred of these, by the mm-hmm. way, five hundred. Yeah, so we would have. We would have thought we would have gotten it plenty of time for the tour. And this is, pre, you know, this was pre really being able to check on your project easily through the yeah. through. But it's websites. also pre-vinyl shortage, so there was no reason to think it wouldn't be ready. Yeah, and so it was going, going, going as we were getting closer. It was like, man, I wonder if this is showing up. Call United. Yeah, you know when is this showing up? And fi- you know, oh yeah, we're you know we're doing it this week, and it, we just kind of kept getting the blow off. Yeah, and so finally it was coming down to it, and we were leaving for tour in a week, and it was like, when is this happening? Mm-hmm. So. They finally they end up giving it a date that it'll be done. The date it's going to be done was either the day before or two days before we leave for tour. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, it was imminent within yes. a day or two. Where, where whenever it's going to be done, there's no way they're going to be able to ship it. Yes, and, and we didn't even want to risk it. So Tara and I decided to drive overnight to Nashville to go pick it up in person and. Uh, this car, the Saturn, it had to be the Saturn. This car yeah, yeah. will live in infamy. Well, in my mind forever, because it had, it had a computer glitch that would cost $700 to fix. And I always refused to do it. So basically to keep the engine from overheating, you had to constantly run the heater. It was fine. Everything yeah. was fine about the car. It was great, but you had to run the heater constantly. So you just 
you just hope it's not hot and you hope you don't get stuck like in a drive through or in traffic yeah. because then it would definitely overheat. And yeah. then you had to pull over and wait for the car to cool down again. Well, so I guess we wouldn't have necessarily driven over next. We would have gotten there when they were still open. But mm. whatever it was, we had to get we, we were, had to drive to Nashville. And we back. had to drive to Nashville and back in that in that day and yes. make sure to get there when they're still open and get the records and then drive home, drive home. And, and we had already had the covers. We had those separate. And it's only about a four to six hour drive, depending on traffic. Well, yeah. Or no, it was, I think it was more like three. Yeah. Oh, from yes. From from Lexington. Yeah. That's true. It is farther south. But either way, it was like we just knew we had to do it. Oh, and I think it benefited, though, because Nashville is central time. That's so right. We did benefit yes. from that. We That was a benefit yeah. about getting there before they closed. So we drive down. It was cool to go to a record press plant had never been. So that yeah. was like cool to see United. You know, it was cool. But yeah, no, we drove down the man. It, 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 I bet it was two. I bet the tour started not the next day, but the day after, because mm-hmm. we would have taken a day to put the things together. But we're also probably putting them together in the car, in the van. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? hundred percent. So yes. we drove to Nashville. We get back. We have the records. And we're so, so excited. It's our first seven inch. We go listen to it. And the B side <laughs> and the B side's weird. It's like skipping really weird. But it then, but it's so also locking. Yes. It's like skipping and locking. Yeah. Uh okay. Let's try another one. This one skips differently and locks in a different place. Uh let's try another one. This one skips. Everyone played the B side. It was pl- so totally unpredictable. Different. It's like they were cut shallow. Yeah, or like something was on it. I have no uh, idea because the A side played fine. Yeah, and and if I recall, the test press were fine. Yeah, I mean they must have been because uh, we, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't remember that. Yeah, but, but they must. Have, but we, also, like, what if you got a test press and it played weird and it ended on a lock groove? You'd be like, great. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? so like, every who knows? Copy, who knows if we even had test presses? I mean, we were. Right, I don't like, remember. We weren't like. And yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So get test presses. Look, if we can say anything to people right now, like just get test presses. You don't want everything to be like, it's been happened so many times when you get something pressed like crazy. I could go over that. We obedience cause had a, we had to redo it and it was the plant's fault. Yeah. And that showed up that, that record also showed up the day we were leaving for a tour. So that'll be another story. That'll yeah, be another yeah, that episode. Mean, that'll be another but, but But seriously, if you're getting vinyl cut, it's worth getting a test press. It truly is. I mean, most people already know that. We were just- we, I know people who still don't get them and they're like, I didn't get a test press. I'm like, why? I'm not yeah. going to like call anybody out. I know I can think of two people right now yeah. that didn't. And I'm like, what the hell? I prefer, and actually I prefer when the person putting out the record approves the test presses. Not and not us because I'm like I don't know I I I I love when Dom <laughs> listens to the test press. Oh, thank God! You know? Yes, please, <laughs> you do it. Oh, anyway. Lord knows. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so yeah, so so day of we get it, we put it, in, and then yeah, now it's too late. So now we're like, well, do we get this recut? Obviously, we want this for tour. Is it worth it? But then we just had that thing of like how cool is it that this is a totally fucked up record? Yeah. They're bonkers. Why not? Like, yeah, it was really fun just now listening to like somebody's on YouTube. I'm like, this sounds nothing like ours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. Is this it? Yeah, is I this wanted, it? yeah. I wanted to see if other ways it sounded. Yeah. And so we listened to And it was just like, I don't know. I don't know is. what that is. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we got them and we hit we hit the road and that was that. And we were touring on a seven inch and this it was it felt very it just felt like that's what you do. 
you get you you do a tour in a seven inch. We always wanted to have the new record yeah, for the tour. We, we did the yeah. same thing with Obedience Cuts the following year when we did our tour with Print and, and Kites. And, I mean, we always made every tour. We made something. Yeah, and so the so and I say we because I was generally involved. You were always involved. Yeah. You you've always been involved. I mean, look, you're on the cover. I like the fabricating part. Yeah, you're on the cover right there. So. The story of mortuary service, and then yes, well, the then contents the, of my the, stomach are on the, cover. the exactly, and the seven inch would then be on the self titled CD on hospital that collected the self titled cassette, a, a track that wasn't on uh, unreleased track, and then the then these two tracks on the hospital self titled CD. So, yeah, this is I just we just had this idea that it would be cool to kind of go behind the scenes on. A seven inch that we were involved. So, but yeah, like you said, it was such so a, long ago that yeah, it doesn't. No, feel like it feels we like different people yeah. even discussing them. I didn't even have the same last name, <laughs> but it was. It's true. But you know, there there is that something like it, when you're first doing something and really putting things out there, especially when you have them pressed professionally and you're not just making them by hand. There is that excitement around it, you know? And and I think that this was encapsulated in this time and we were all just kind of wrapped up in the fun of it, you know? Yeah, the the idea of having things professionally done was so exciting then. Yeah, it was like, "Oh my god, look at that." What's yeah. great, what's shocking to me is this is God's a Tundra 40. That seems It looks crazy. so good. But that seems you crazy that Gonzo there was 39. So early. Not really though. Really? 2000. I but it was I was before that. I was moving I at was a like, clip for sure. In, yeah. From 2001 to 2003, we were moving at a clip for sure. But well, yeah, it's something to help you assemble. Exactly. But <laughs> that seems crazy to me, to be honest. But can you imagine all the time we have spent at Kinko's? Back then. Oh, now Kinko's sure. FedEx. I still just call it Kinko's. I still call it Kinko's. But yeah, no, but you're right. The, the idea of doing something professional was the goal as opposed to. Now we've 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 gone so far into our doing everything ourselves, doing everything at home. But then the idea of having something professional seemed yeah that would that it, seemed, it, was, it seemed impossible, and it seemed the thing that you to do. And it was so cool, like and and just the people that we were excited by too. Like even like it was when we were really into like bulb, or you know. I mean, that was certainly that this time was, yeah, it was bulb. very, no, yeah. absolutely influenced by Bulb and the, how they did everything professionally yeah. or, or, or load at the time, you load, know, right? Yeah, it was 100%, like, load. these were like real labels who yes. did real CDs and records and seven inches and that we just thought that's the thing you do. Now, I always wanted to mix it with mm -hmm. the tapes and the homemade stuff with the professional stuff. And I think, you know, looking back on it, it's it, it's fun to think about how we just figured this out somehow. And no, we just really did it. On, we really just sort of trial and error figured it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and the, the people that printed it didn't even print like record seven inches. It just how big do you cut it? Let's do it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thankful for that. I know, forever. but it worked. Uh no, it was great. Um, no, that was so funny. Yeah. It was it was really cute. My parents sent a picture of us that I had never seen before. And you're wearing a little twenty five suave shirt. It was <laughs> really adorable. Uh, that is true. Kind of in that era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually did a show for them outside that apartment we're talking about in the street. 
And we were like, why not? Just play outside, play well, in the street. Because the club that we, yeah. this is like another episode, the club that we had, had the bar that we had a book that closed. Oh, Lord, for crazy reasons. The owner of the bar, it turned out, killed her parents for the insurance money to open the bar. Yes. Yeah, so she was in at a trial. And when we were first together, they wouldn't let me. Mike was in. And I walked down to like, go say, hey, and like meet him there. And they wouldn't let me in because I wasn't 21. But they let him in. She liked you. I don't recall that, but I do remember that. And I was turned away and I had to borrow an ID. That's funny. But, (laughs) but so the, the bar closed like days before they were in town. So we were like, Hey, we have no place for you to play. Why don't you just play in the street? Because our street was basically empty, and we're gonna yeah. Just our do place this was like, gonna be demolished soon. It was kind of like a converted warehouse. We're gonna do this till yeah. the cops come, and and we're you know we're still gonna collect money. You know we'll yeah. make you know I mean we were young there. We definitely weren't aware about like what it really takes to be on tour. Anyway, yeah. We played. They ended up playing for about twenty minutes, and then these two cops on horseback came, and they're like, <laughs> "Sounds great, like." awesome but you got it you got to shut it down so yeah like they were they were laughing for sure uh and then we did and it was fun that was really fun well and that apartment also mind um, flare played mind flare played played. played. the things we did in there it's again that's a whole nother it's also where that stupid mockingbird where i went out to stab the bird because we had a a neighboring warehouse the alarm went off constantly so this bird was imitating the sound it was constantly living there was like for a really long time. It was either the alarm or the bird. It was a fun place. We all live there. Oh yeah. It was great. And that's a whole nother episode. We'll have to do a whole uh, Lawrence street episode. (laughs) We'll have to get everybody on board and do it. That'd be great. We can talk about the time that I salted the earth. There's plenty of things. So many things. Well, anyway, but patrons, thank you so much. It was fun going back and thinking about this these time. People, and these, these people that these we people remember that in I, our heads, but I don't know them. At I all. don't know them, but they were <laughs> they definitely existed. We have the proof. I somehow know a lot about them. Some maybe well, I don't know. Well, patrons, thank you so much for the support. As always, we will be back next Sunday on the best Sunday of the week. Seven inch Sunday. <laughs>